Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. This is episode 20 and today we're really excited because we're launching our sober stories uh, today and this is the idea of this is to get real life guests on real life sober heroes and sheroes to tell us their story and their journey and um, today we've got Chrissy who's agreed to come on with us and she's also known as Blue Angel and um, so welcome Chrissy. Hi thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hello. Hi, thank you so much. And so so the idea behind um, the Sober Stories was that every person who is sober has a journey and has a story. And there's been such an enormous sort of growth um, on the sober community. And this kind of almost sharing our stories with each other has just really enabled me to kind of carry on, really. Um, and I and there's so many different ways to experience sobriety, to have uh, problems with drinking. It doesn't look like that one thing that we were told it looked like for years and years and years, those kind of stereotypes, which were so off-putting and so hard to relate to. So our hope is by sharing the sober stories, um, we yeah, we just explore these um, journeys in a bit more depth. So without further ado... Um, Mandy, you're there as well, aren't you? So we're going to say hi to Mandy. Hello, yeah, Hello. I am. And we always start very, with a quick... very uh, stormy over here, so the the reception might go in and out because there's a like a proper sort of Atlantic storm going on outside. But um, I am here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Chris, can we how just are you can we today? just admit that we're all in our pajamas as well? Because I, I like, <laughs> we're having a pajama party. <laughs> <laughs> we are a, a Sunday morning pajama party. Um, actually, it's really nice. I might do it more often. It's like, yeah. why, why do we ever need to get out of our pajamas? Um, so, Chrissy, how are you today, love? I'm really good, thanks. I'm really good. I put my Christmas tree up yesterday, and it's still standing, which is a miracle <laughs> with my cat in the house. So, uh... oh, that's brilliant. So, um, so. If we can crack on with our questions then, I mean, I suppose the first one that we kind of tend to ask is um, what brought you to the decision to be alcohol free, first of all? Yeah, I think I always had a fairly over the top um, relationship with alcohol uh, and had absolutely no off switch. And I was always the, uh, a bit of a party girl really. And I was always the one, you know, getting the, getting another rounding, getting another bottle in and, uh, and a few years ago, it just started to be less and less fun, and I was exhausted all the time, and my hangovers were reaching epic proportions with just horrific anxiety, and I was miserable, my self-esteem was horribly low, I was overweight, I was unfit, I was, I was just so sad all the time, and paradoxically, I thought that drinking was the only thing that cheered me up, and so it became a massive vicious cycle of drinking and hangovers and drinking and hangovers and I'd tried moderating for years and years and years and and I know you've talked about this kind of you know making bets with yourself and making you know kind of having pledges and saying well I won't you know I won't drink during the week or I won't drink on my own and and it all goes out the window eventually and and I just knew in my heart that it wasn't working and then and it was going to be all or nothing at 
at some point, and that absolutely scared the life out of me. Um, but one day, a couple of years ago, I just woke up and I knew that 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 was it. I was done with drinking. So because you stopped and 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 then that was it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I think for me, that was that was the way it had to be. I had I had to make that decision, and it had to be absolutely non-negotiable in my head. Otherwise, I just don't think I would ever have done it. If there was any wiggle room, if I'd allowed myself any kind of, oh, well, you know, maybe maybe I'll just drink on special occasions or maybe it won't be forever. Um, I, I knew, I just knew it had to be absolutely 100%. Otherwise, I wasn't going to be able to do it. Mm. And touch wood so far. <laughs> and how many days is it? We just checked the day counter. Already, 800 and something. <laughs> 872. <laughs> It's great that I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah. eight hundred and seventy-two. Woo! Yeah, well, well yeah, done. Well done. Yeah, it's it's awesome. amazing. I'm st- I'm still amazed by it, and it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I find one of the things that I find really interesting, and I think I really related to when we met up on Soberistas, was <clears throat> that sort of when you said that it was non-negotiable and you were done, and it seemed like a mental switch. Like I know other people talk about different strategies but but almost like shutting a door and and sheer just bloody mindedness and Absolutely. mental tenacity <clears throat> to start yeah. off with is that true completely it it was you know we often talk about white knuckling in in that way and particularly in the first year and it was just i knew that whatever happened and whatever was going on in my life drinking would never be the answer and so i just had i had no choice but to find other ways of um coping with stress and other ways of having fun and and you do of course you do <clears throat> because you know life without alcohol as we know is is absolutely brilliant but in the very very beginning when your brain doesn't know any different you have to be absolutely bloody minded about it yeah yeah you don't, don't. i yeah. mean that you basically one of the reasons why we were so keen to get you on here was that i just kept seeing you do things that first year you know you said okay yeah. right i'm going to be bloody minded but you didn't kind of go in a hole and go right i'm just going to wallow in my hole and be bloody minded you went out and bossed it like some kind of diva so can you yeah, can you take was... us through your first year about all the things you oh, got up to? yeah so um it was a bit it was a bit crazy uh I mean the first thing I realized I had to do was find other ways of having fun and so I start I I started kind of having hobbies I mean I thought hobbies were for boring people you know but I I mean what's more boring than sitting at home with a bottle of wine actually at the end of the day uh and so I started you know I started having tap lessons I started playing the violin again um you know I started I, I started going out more and one of the most significant um, things was that I was invited to the Brit Awards through work. I was absolutely terrifying. I mean, if there's ever a, 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 an industry event where you're supposed to <laughs> drink, is you know, the Brit Awards. And I just, I was absolutely convinced that I was not going to drink. And I think planning there was the most important thing. And I just knew, you know, I made sure that they were going to have Bex Blue. I made sure that I knew what I was going to, where I have my amazing skirt that is my favourite gold skirt, <laughs> you know, the famous, famous magical gold skirt. And um, knowing, actually, that I was going to be probably one of the only people in history to go to the Brit Awards and remain sober um, made me feel, like, really hardcore, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it made it even more hardcore, actually. And I, I had an amazing time. I absolutely loved it. 
Um, and the other thing was my 40th birthday was in my first year. And that was another occasion where, you know, even my friends were like, well, you are going to drink on your 40th birthday. I mean, of course you are. And it's like, no, I'm absolutely not doing that. Uh, and it was planning again. It was, you know, making sure that there were lots of amazing treats and drinks and, and all my friends, my favorite people. And I thought if I can't be happy and have a great time at my 40th birthday, without being drunk, then there's something a little bit wrong, really. Um, mm. So I went on a yoga retreat over New Year. That was in my first year. God, I did everything. Wasn't that the first time you'd done yoga or something? <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. didn't just try class. You were like, right, I'm going on a yoga retreat abroad. <laughs> no, around, around, about, about a month after I'd stopped drinking, I thought, God, I, I, wanna, I need to be out of London for New Year. And I was, I was staying in London for New Year because I do a lot of singing, and I had loads of Christmas gigs um, around that time. And and so I was staying in London and I just knew that I couldn't be in London for New Year's Eve. Um, and it wasn't just a case of doing something differently. I had to be, I had to do something so different. And I thought, yeah, I'll go on a yoga retreat. Brilliant idea. I've never done yoga <laughs> in my life. That. It was the most hilarious thing. And I found this place in Portugal quite by accident. My beautiful, beautiful friends, Peter and Sue, who run Yoga Evolution in Portugal. And it was just the most perfect place. And I did a, I did do a five-day beginner um, introduction to Ashtanga before I went, so I wasn't absolutely brand new. But it was just so perfect. And um, the, one, the just the most perfect thing to do over New Year, actually. Mm. Uh, and I went, I've been back a few times since. I can't go this New Year because they're away, which is really annoying. And I told them that. <laughs> Uh, selfish. <laughs> it's my special place actually Kate I think you you put it brilliantly when you say they always put me back together when I go yeah after um, this crazy period uh, yeah so, yeah exactly and so that was um what else did I do in my first year I think that I mean I lost three stone as well pretty quickly which was a bit ridiculous <laughs> amazing and, and didn't you go diving way. or something you went to the cayman islands I did, as well yeah, yeah, that as well. <laughs> i went to visit my my lovely friend who uh, lives in the cayman islands um and that was my treat for my 40th birthday and i went scuba diving for the first time um so that yeah that was another thing that was brilliant uh, i did a, oh, i did a triathlon a little mini one but it's still amazing <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think what is is so apparent here is for people who, you know, like the naysayers or the people that are the naysayers. I love that. I don't know who all these naysayers are that I keep talking about. But like people who worry about being, you know, sober, being boring and that life stops. It's like you're just such a fabulous shining example of the fact that it's like, oh, my God, look what you can get done. Look what you can afford. That what you've got the energy for it's like absolutely there is just no I think that was one of the first things I've I realized was the time that I had in my life just the yeah. time in my head and not just the time spent drinking or the time spent being hungover but the time spent thinking about it and the time you spend you know worrying about it and bargaining with yourself and and the the easiest thing by far was to just remove all of that completely and now it's not even a factor and just the, the brain space that I have now is insane. <laughs> well, I must say now that after this, you've got to go to the library to uh, to do an essay because you're doing now what? I'm, I'm doing a master's. I've just started doing an MA. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's my full-time job. 
um, which is brilliant. I absolutely love it. It's a ridiculous amount of work, but I love it. And there's no way in a million years I would I would have done this if I was if I was still drinking. Not just because I was always hungover, but I didn't really have any kind of forward thinking. I was always living kind of week to week and day to day, and mm. didn't really have any plans or ambitions. And if you'd said to me, "Oh, you can commit to this thing, and it'll take you three years," I just would have thought, "Well, don't be don't be ridiculous. Why would I do that?" And now. Mm. I I'm, I absolutely love it, and I've met some fantastic people, and it's I yeah I so I do have to go and write an essay today, which is you know on a Sunday, but but it's it's fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is like you know that we wanted to put across. I mean, it's the same for us. Yeah, like Kate and I, the day before yesterday, we wrote our mission statements which was such kind of beautiful moment in terms of of what we want to do with our business with uh, our career with 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 our with helping people you know and to to have that brain space to go that's what i that's what's important yeah yeah absolutely that's my core value is um was just like you know wow and it's that thing of coming back to yourself and yeah and also meeting people that you know that share your core value i mean that's huge for me it's just like i lost all of that of who i was in terms of absolutely. politically in activism and stuff like that and I remember you know when I got to know you it was just like oh my god like you know she's a proper kind of activist very political it's just like this is brilliant like why haven't I met these people before in my life you know exactly. so those sort of people that connect on very different levels of like wow okay and we've I all come to this decision that booze is just not going to be part of that you know yeah I think it's so important what you said about just creating space to figure out who you are and just figure out what you want. And it's amazing. And it's just, you know, people often say to me, oh, God, you're the busiest person I know. And how on earth do you have time? And I don't, I still, as you are witnessing this morning, spend a lot of time on my sofa in my pajamas. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, 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 I still have a lot of downtime. But I just, you make time for the things that you want to do. And when you have the energy and the, and the clarity of mind, and I think that's one of the, the main things that not drinking has given me this amazing gift of being absolutely 100% present in your own daily life. Sure. And sometimes it's really shitty and hard, actually, because it means there's nowhere to run away. But it also means that, you know, the good bits are, are brilliant and they're brilliant all the time. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Like, um, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I, I did a post and sometimes that feels very uh, present to me and I have a massive sense of gratitude. And I know it seems all lofty and all like all holier than that, but I massively feel grateful for that because I spent a long time engaged in that relationship with alcohol, thinking, planning, talking, like you say, not quite being present oh and then if I was drinking I definitely wasn't present and then when I was hung over I wasn't present because I was regretting and trying to recover yeah and, and this feeling of, of sort of presence being plugged into my own life I mean I, I seriously I'm like massively grateful for that yeah like it's a proper gift isn't it yeah absolutely and I feel I feel really really lucky and I feel really lucky to have come out the other side of it and to be able to see it for what it was and actually you know, doing it at the beginning of my 40s, I think, you know, I, I'm loving my 40s so far. I mean, I'm only 41 so far, but um, I'm loving it. And it and it's going to be the best decade, I think. And it's only going to get better. And that's the most amazing feeling. And somebody said to me the other day, you know, 
the whole kind of, oh, I'm really sorry you had to stop drinking and poor you and it must be awful. And you just go, actually, God, it's really not. And we have to get out of this mindset that it's a bad thing and it's a negative thing. Mm. You know, and he, this guy said to me, you know, I, I think I'm lucky because I've never had a, I've always been able to just, you know, take it or leave it or whatever. And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, actually, I think I'm lucky because I've come out the other side. <laughs> yeah. I have so much. Yeah bigger yeah um, yeah yeah for sure and can I ask you because I'm um, one thing you, you said about changing that whole the whole mindset now yeah you really inspired me to come out a lot more and be visible um, and you were always pretty out on social media um, yeah. and I just want to ask <laughs> you about you know why was that important why was that so important for you that you did that or was it you know that's what would your tips be lovely yeah I think um, I think I'm I'm quite a stubborn and belligerent person, which actually really helped in the beginning. And I knew that if I was really going to do this, and I actually absolutely had to commit a hundred percent to it, that meant that meant that everyone had to know about it. Um, and I needed that support. And and I and I got it. And I you know I was worried about losing friends. I'm always worried about losing friends. And I did have a few comments in the beginning of things like, oh, you know, you don't make sense without alcohol, and you don't drink more than anyone else, and don't be silly. And and aside from any of those things, you know, the point was that it was making me feel really awful. It doesn't matter if I had a glass or a bottle a day. You know, if it was making me all feel terrible, then it, that was the point. Um, and so that was that was one reason. And also, I think it's really, really important to talk about. I think it's so important that we talk about this grey area, as you guys are doing, and to get out of this ridiculous concept that that if you have a problem with with alcohol, you're an alcoholic and you have to hit rock bottom, and you have to go to AA and you've got this disease forever and blah blah. And I just wanted to say no. Actually, you know, it's fine and it's. I wanted it to become much more normal and acceptable to be able to say, do you know what? I've had a difficult relationship with alcohol and I want to do something about it. Mm. And as time went on and I just wanted to shout about how amazing it was actually and how much my life had changed. And, and I don't think anyone who knows me and loves me could begin to argue that I'm not a million times happier now than I was when I was drinking. Mm. Uh, maybe I lost a few friends on the way, but I can't remember who they are. So they probably were. <laughs> So they don't count. They obviously, I obviously didn't miss them very much. But yeah. yeah, that's beautiful, Chrissy. So, so obviously we all we all met on sober baristas. Yeah. Uh, when when in your journey did you did you start on the forum? Did you use any other sort of? Yeah, so it was about three three or four weeks in actually. So in the, in the first month, I was just a kind of a bit. Um, wide-eyed and you know rabbit in the headlights and and the first thing that I found was what we call quit lit you know the books written about about giving up drinking and and I found this immense comfort in reading about women like me and one of the first books I read was Sarah Heppler's Blackout um, mm. and I just thought my god this woman's in my head and I thankfully had never had blackouts but everything else that she'd written about you know being a bit of a party girl and being single and having a big fat ginger cat, which I do as well. And, <laughs> and I just thought, well, this, you know, this is my life. And if, and if people like her can do it, maybe, God, maybe I can do it as well. And maybe it's not going to be an awful thing. And Mrs. D's book um, and Belle's website, Tired of Thinking About Drinking, I read daily. 
Uh, and it was that, you know, finding people that you identify with. And then so baristas, yeah, somebody suggested it to me and I was a bit wary because I didn't want there to be a lot of, you know, enabling really. I needed hardcore, no nonsense, yeah. absolutely not, you know, not making excuses for falling off the wagon or whatever. Um, and that's absolutely what I got. And I think, Kate, you were one of the first people whose blogs I read and I just thought, oh, my God, you know, this is it. This is my home. These Aww. these people get it and they get me. And and mm. I remember when we first, my first meetup, I remember it vividly. And I just remember looking around the room and thinking these amazingly gorgeous, clever, funny, talented, brilliant women. And we're all there because for one reason or another, we've decided that our relationship with alcohol isn't working. And I just, having that support network is the most significant thing, I think, in success. Mm. And I wouldn't be without any of you. No, me too. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm getting emotional. Oh, <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it's, I was thinking about this because I, I had a foray onto Facebook yesterday and shared something and I said, I immediately felt radio science. I think you're so good on there. I think this is one thing I'd, I'd sort of like to say because the little caveat, because you're amazing and you feel, obviously it's a forum you feel comfortable with. But if the people listening in that don't, I think there's that sort of protecting yourself also where I just was like, right, I've got to delete Facebook again. And I just done a blog <laughs> on Soberistas connected with the Instagram community and has ju have just run a, um, written a blog on Sobristers about it being the, the mothership and me feeling like I've been a teenager, being absent yeah. and being on it too, Instagram too much and I need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's that whole, at least thank <laughs> God and that like, thank God that we know where to find each other now. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think, I think that comes back to what I was saying about being a bit belligerent and you know, that in the early days when people go, oh, go on, just have one or just have a couple or, you know, can't you just drink on special occasions? And you have to be really, really, really belligerent about it. And I knew that, and I think my friends knew too, frankly, that, it, that if they weren't going to support me, it became quite clear that they weren't going to be friends for very long. <laughs> I love um, that. It, well, I mean, it sounds, sounds a bit flippant and it wasn't. It was very hard at times. And, but it was just like, I think this was the most significant thing I'd ever done for myself in my life. And if those friends weren't going to come with me on it, then they weren't they weren't going to be friends that I needed anymore. Actually. I don't think that's flippant at all. You know, thankfully, they all did. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I don't think, think that's, that's, yeah, that's amazing. flippant at all. I think that was you sort of going, I need to do this. It's a matter of survival, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know because you're, you know, you're positive and... Uh, um, and up and positive uh, and you know and you want to embrace the fun of it that people can sometimes sort of get that sort of think oh well maybe that's easy for you or you're flippant yeah. or whatever I've just because you're not moaning that. about it yeah I've had know? that comment oh, it was hmm. easy for you yeah, you know I've had a few people and going it was the least easy thing I've ever done <laughs> <laughs> yeah the most worthwhile but it definitely wasn't easy yeah yeah, I think there's that, that light. Sorry, go on, Mand. No, no, carry on. I oh, know, I was just going to say it's that, that sort of light and shade of it, isn't it? Isn't it? And, and there's that. Oh, that's why I, I find that you, you very inspiring, I think. Like one oh. of the reasons is, the, is that, that kind of that balance between the light with, between telling your truth, 
but also going out and going, I'm going to go diving in the Cayman Islands. I'm going to boss it. I'm going to, you know, I'm just, I'm going to be fucking fabulous. Yeah. But, and, but yes, yeah. I, I have my story too. And that, that for me is, is very inspiring, you know, um, and I feel yeah. really proud of you. <laughs> yeah. So amazing. I still can't quite believe it. I can't believe I'm this person actually. And it's a very nice feeling to have. It's a very nice, you know, it's kind of at the core of everything I do and everything I feel is this kind of warm glow of sobriety, which is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's in your sober self-care toolkit? Uh, I became, uh, very early on, I became a huge fan of um, baths and candlelit baths and, you know, bath salts and oils and those kind of things. And uh, so, yeah, I did that a lot. Um, sleep. I mean, God, I slept so much in the beginning. It just, and I think that's when your body's starting to recalibrate and trying to figure out how on earth to function without without either alcohol or Red Bull, which is what I seem to survive on through the day. Because <laughs> you're quite sick now, <laughs> thinking about the amount of Red Bull that I used to consume. Um, well, that's what someone said the other day, said um, all I drank was um, was uh, whiskey, coke and, uh, and coffee. And I was like, all I drank was red wine and coffee. It's just like, yeah. all you drank is, I mean, you do. It's like, when I stopped, one of the things I realised was just like, I'm really dehydrated. Like, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> you know, I spent three months just drinking, like, catching up on water. It's like, because literally, I'd, I'd have a cup of tea in the morning, i go to work, i drink coffee all day, and then i come home and i drink red wine. It's yeah. just like... <laughs> God, you're right. I don't think, yeah, my body hadn't seen water for ages. Since 1987. <laughs> yeah. Good food was really important. I'd always been very good at cooking for myself. And, you know, the, the tr little treats that we talk about and nice alcohol-free drinks. And I did avoid the kind of alcohol-free, you know, pretend drinks for a while um, because they I found them massively triggering. Um, but now, you know, I don't mind, actually. And I think it is... For me, and everyone's different, I think having a special drink and having a nice drink and a nice glass is still kind of makes my brain think, oh, okay, it's time to switch off now. It's time to kind mm. of... And as long as I think it doesn't trigger you into diving headfirst into a bottle of vodka, then, you know, go for it. Um, but it's it's when you're... I think it took six months to kind of get yeah. out, out of the drink equals relax or drink mm. equals treat. Um and I think, I think that that was important for me. Um, I mean, I, as I say, yoga, although I haven't done any for ages, which is terrible. I love running, or I love how I feel after running, I should say, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I found this, uh, something about running that I found really good in the very beginning that was about just getting outside and getting, doing something quite aggressive, listening to quite, you know, loud, upbeat music and just getting outside in the mm. fresh air. Um, really really helped and I think the most fundamental thing in my self-care sober toolkit is you guys and all the other amazing friends that we've got um and try you know try to check in every day with with at least someone mm. um which is really important even like it's coming up to three years next summer mm. yeah those connections I mean I just keep coming back to that and just how vital that is and um you know, I and I think there's that. I know when I, because I think that's a bit like like you say you approached you were like right. I'm going to be bullheaded, and if 
and kind of fuck you I'm going to do this and I'll yeah. up. I'm going to bloody boss this and I and I have that tendency to kind of shut like kind of act on my own and go right I'm going to control this but what has been lovely is that and and absolutely vital is that support of actually knowing I can be soft about that I can go oh help oh god yeah I'm having exactly. a shit day I don't have to I be strong all the time I can yeah. I can fall apart and there's, you guys no, get there's it. no kind of negativity in that that being vulnerable is all part of being authentic and human and that's I think if there was one word I had to use to describe <clears throat> my alcohol-free journey it would be authenticity mm. and I think becoming authentic and becoming who I think I'm meant to be god that's a bit cheesy isn't it but but right. it's true and mm. the authenticity and, and the vulnerability and not being not being ashamed to to reach out I'm coming out with all the great cliches today to reach out to you know to you guys and to go you know actually I'm having a really tough day and you know and there are still moments where my brain goes you know what fix this wine and I'm like where the hell's that come from like nearly three years later and that's how conditioned we are to thinking that that alcohol solves all these problems Mm. how do you because obviously when you've been sober for a long time you can you can get quite fatigued. I mean, I know a few people that we know, they kind of get to the point where it's just like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, I don't want to be, you know, you kind of go through that phase of just like, of being very quiet and very private. And then there's that kind of like explosion to sort of being out and proud and like, yeah, you know, yeah. I change the world with it. And then you kind of yeah. go down and go, oh, I just want to like live, live my life. But yeah. you still need those practices, kind of sober practices to to keep you going so have you has it changed at all have you seen how you kind of um yeah I think I think it is definitely the new normal um and I can't I can't really imagine going back to drinking at all Mm. I I don't think I would enjoy it and I think one of the one of our lovely um soberistas wrote a brilliant blog about it and and it I still come back to that you know what you think you're missing is already gone Mm, Uh, and actually what what you think alcohol is going to provide you isn't it, it's not there anymore that kind of joy yeah. and connection mm-hmm. and fun and and we've you know we've got beyond that actually yeah. from that point and I there I, you're right I do have times when I just think oh can't, you know I, I don't want sobriety to define me it's just you know it's another part of just a small part of my life and that's mm. an amazing thing actually that it's just just mm. a tiny part of who I am mm. but I do think it's important to keep talking about it and I do think I will always remain a member of Soberistas, not just because I, I think it's important for people like us to be there to show people in the beginning that it is possible and fun and brilliant, mm. as people were there for us when we started. But also, um, and I don't mean this to sound, you know, I think it's important to remember how bad it was. Yes. Mm. You're, you do get this kind of rose-tinted glasses thing where you think, oh, it wasn't that bad and wasn't it lovely and isn't it all twinkly lights and you know, mulled wine, particularly at this time of year. And I think it's important. And I wrote a blog in the early days on Soberistas just to remind myself why I decided to stop. Mm. And every now and then I go back and read it and I go, yeah, actually, mm. this, this, this is why I've stopped. Yeah. Why I've stopped. And it, and it wouldn't be any different. You know, some people say, oh, go on, can't you just have one or two? I think I've never wanted to have one or two in my life, and I don't think that would change. <laughs> I certainly don't intend to now. No, two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Talking of Christmas, I mean, we mentioned this last week that, you know, last year you, you went and um, helped out with Crisis. I did. Uh, and, you know, you're always doing your carol concerts, which I'm coming to, which I'm very excited. Um, so what does your, how do you, I mean, how do you boss Christmas? How does it work for you to, to sort of not feel that kind of de- deprivation or kind of yeah, missing out? It is hard. I'm not going to lie. Christmas is, is the one time of year when, you know, it is almost expected to, to drink daily. <laughs> yeah. and, and I still do have moments of kind of, right, you know, head down, focus on, you know, what's important. It's just one season, you know, it's just, you know, it's just a couple of weeks. Um, just focusing on all the lovely things, really. I put my tree up. I love watching cheesy Christmas movies, um, you know, with, with the hot chocolate. I mean, the, the old me would have had a hot chocolate that would be 50% brandy probably, but <laughs> no, it is pure <laughs> chocolate. Um and, and just focusing on all the lovely things. And as I say, I've got a lot of singing. And this year I am going to go and spend Christmas with my mum, which I haven't done for ages, and I'll see some family. Um, and I've got an essay to write, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, I mean, I it is still hard. And it's my third Christmas, and I know that it's entirely possible to get through it and enjoy it. And I think, Kate, you, you're hugely inspiring about how you tackle Christmas. Um, and you, you have been from day one, actually, as well, in that you just you just embrace the joy of it, really, and call out the bullshit, of which there is so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a plenty. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I, I think it's about the reframe and finding things that you love yeah. in it. Like you say, like the twinkly lights, like the hot chocolate. There's a lot that's just sort of quite cosy and really fits so, being sober. You know, what's not to yeah. love about a fairy light? That's what I've got my no. covering my desk. Like, I mean, I have just been, around. like, I have, I have been loving you. I am loving your, your Christmas pyjamas, Kate, I have to say. I'm, like, quite jealous. I, I'm going to have to. I did see, see, these are the things, like, I think that I, I'm too hard. But I, I'm, I'm a real softie on the inside. And I actually saw some really nice Christmas pyjamas yesterday, and then I didn't buy them, but I might just go and buy them. Yeah, just embrace it. it do it what? do it do it because <laughs> it's my 500 days on the 30th of december and i always remember that picture of you when you're in your onesie oh yeah that was your that was your 500 <laughs> yeah. days isn't that it? was my 500 days oh i'm we'll have to do a little 500 day photo so I was just like, montage yeah, that's been, it's been my kind of like <laughs> i want to do an homage to you kate in your onesie because I love that picture. Um, so, um, okay, we should probably we should wrap, wrap up, up soon. We? So what, what's your, what's your tip of the day? Um, my tip of the day, I think uh, it's, again, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but just take one moment at a time. And in the beginning, the thought of forever and never drinking again was absolutely terrifying. Um and so I just took it bit by bit. And, and all that matters really is right now and right at this moment in time. And even if it just comes down to asking yourself every 10 minutes, how am I right now? Am I going to drink right now? And as long as the answer is always no, you'll be okay. And, you know, be more than okay. You'll be absolutely, absolutely amazing. Yeah, I really agree with Good. that, that sort of, 
Yeah, it, it's like eating the woolly mammoth one chunk at a time, isn't it? Yeah. And the is, you just don't want to go back, you know, and it, yeah. it, it, day one is the hardest day you'll ever have to do. Why would you Why would you want to do it more than once? Yeah, and, you know, it's that delicate balance, isn't it, between casting your mind forward just enough to play it forward, to go, actually, yeah. if I just get past this, it's going to be fine. And sometimes, yeah. like you say, in the very early days, it's like, how much is I'm just getting through wine o'clock 10 minutes at a time? Yeah. It's whatever you need to do just till that craving mm. passes because it always does. Exactly. Well, that's where the running in the in the very beginning I found just doing something completely different to mm. get out of my head um, to you know so it, it take up a new hobby or or do something that you wouldn't ordinarily do or just go home a different way or you know. But if you're if mm. you're at home at seven p.m. thinking God it's wine o'clock and I'd normally be opening a bottle of wine now, mm. just do something don't, else. Do something else. Yeah, I mean, it's don't be there. Yeah. One thing yeah. I always say on Saberistas is it. It's not. Um, it it's not hard. You know, no, that's not right. Hang on. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really um, hard. <laughs> it's, it's it's not. Um, what do I say? It's, not, it's, hard. it's it's really simple, but it is hard. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. very. It's, yeah quite simple it takes it, muscle power at the beginning you know, isn't it? don't drink mm. but but it it is hard well I made a mess of that didn't I great well do you know I was thinking about the clarity that comes with sobriety <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Come no on. I think we get what, what you're talking about it is it's it's like it's sheer muscle power but the solutions are, are quite simply found yeah and actually, you know, the, the, you know, going back to the whole moderation argument, which I've never been able to to get my head around, because it's people who, you know, they they're saying is people who can moderate their alcohol consumption don't need to, and those who need to can't. Yeah, and that comes back to me all the time, and it's like if you have to have an internal struggle with yourself to stay within alcohol, to stay within recommended alcohol units, then you probably need to think about stopping. Yeah, yeah, the horse is bolted, loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, at that point, you know, you were saying that where what you sought has already gone. And I think William Porter put it really well when he said, this this comes back to me every time. Once it's soured, it's soured. Yeah, you can't change it. And, and unlike, um, well done for you because you haven't gone back and tested it. But I know for myself, I did. Do you remember? Because I did that. And I yeah. found what you're saying now was totally true. It was what I thought was might still be there, just wasn't categorically. Yeah. And so well done, you know, for not, not doing that, you know. Um, mm. that's, yeah, I think Having that clarity, you know. Yeah, well, I think I'm, I think I'm just a bit... I, it's, a, it's a bit... It's two things, really. One is being being absolutely terrified of it, um, mm. which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and also, I just... I know myself, and I know deep down that nothing would have changed. Yeah, mm. yeah um, for sure. Yeah. And you said that before, Mandy, as well. Mm. Yeah. Okay, your reason to love sober. Um, my reason, oh, so many, so many. I think you know the authenticity of of the whole journey. Really, um, I've had a few occasions in the last couple of weeks where I've had, I think, I've gone completely out of my comfort zone, and I've had to be really brave. And I'm still just a bit astonished that I'm I'm becoming that person. And it's absolutely one hundred percent down to stopping drinking um and it remains the single most significant thing I've ever done for myself mm. and for my mental well-being and I don't think I'll ever 
I don't think I don't think that's ever going to get boring. And no, I the best that. is yet to come, actually. Yeah, mm. I really love that. I absolutely love that, that you say it's never going to get boring. I love it. Remind me oh, when I... <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I will. I will. I'll text you with that one. So, look, we, we yeah. need to wrap up here, but thank you so much, Chrissy. It's been yeah, amazing thank you, Chrissy. to hear your story again. and just to... It's one of my favourite yeah. things to talk about. <laughs> Us <laughs> too. <No>. Us too. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> You know, but thank you ever so much, love. Thank and you. Um, so, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, you can obviously visit your GP. Um, there's the anonymous, uh, sorry, confidential, yeah, an anonymous service on Soberistas where you can ask the doctor, or um, you can go to Alcohol Concern for loads of really good resources and agencies of support in your area. And um, in the meantime, have a great week, and we'll see you next week for more chat. Bye.